Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, guys. I'm so glad that we are back at it this week. I hope y'all had a great and very Merry Christmas. Or if you're listening to this and it's way after Christmas, then um, hey, that's okay. But when we are recording, or when I'm recording, it is right after the New Year. So we are in 2021, y'all. <laughs> Everybody can take a deep breath now, right? Um But really, 2020 was interesting, it was hard, it was good, it felt hopeless at times, which means that the Lord was totally at work, and it's full of hope. But anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited that we are um, at it again with a new word this week, and the word is choose. And I think this is like the perfect word. I mean, if I could literally think of a word to do at the beginning of a new year, it would probably be this word choose or choice that that we really as we're starting this new year we have such authority over where we go from here and how we choose to see what 2020 was um that it doesn't have to be this year of doom and gloom that sets us up to be afraid of this year like that's not how we get to view it so anyway before we get in to get started i also wanted to let y'all know that actually Right before Christmas, the reason we did not have a podcast last week, other than the fact that obviously it was the holidays, um, it's because we actually had our office broken into right before Christmas. And weirdly enough, they literally stole all of my podcast stuff, my microphone, my iPad, all that stuff, and um, as well as my journal with all of my notes for the topics and all that kind of stuff. So... Anyway, it was rough, but you know what? This word choose really challenged me because I'm like, you know, I could choose to be upset about that, but I'm just seeing it as, you know what, devil? You got no room when it comes to this. So I got a new mic. We ready. We ready to go. So before we get started, um, let's refocus. So if you can, close your eyes. If not, don't worry. Um, So F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, Open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. U, unplug from distractions. S, saturate your soul in him. Okay, so this week we are talking about a word that I think has been a hot topic, you know, really forever, but especially lately. It's a popular word to use in our culture, in our government, and in daily life. Choose. Or you could say choice, the power of choice, right? And I mentioned this in the Focus devotional. If you have not read that devotional, if you don't have it, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, every week we are following along with the Focus devotional. And it's taking one word. And I mentioned this in in the devotional, but I remember when I was thinking about this word, the first thing I thought of, you guys, is every single day in middle school, they would come over the intercom. 
and they would say, they would end it, they would do the announcements right for the day, and then they would say, have a great day. The choice is yours. And I thought it was so cheesy. But obviously, how powerful that that is still something that goes in my mind, that comes up when I think about this word. It's such a simple but profound truth for us all. Because the truth is, is that wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever we've done, and whatever our resolutions or how we are viewing this year as or what last year looked like, we are constantly making decisions that affect us, those around us, and the future world that surrounds us, right? And so I figured with it being the start of a new year, it would be neat and helpful to look at the very first example of the power and the danger of human choice in the Bible. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, that's okay. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And honestly, when I was really thinking about, okay, do I really want to talk about that? And then I went back and read it. It's in Genesis 3. Um, Wow, it is so powerful. So I'm excited to dig in. And um, yeah, so let's go ahead and get started. To give you a brief overview this is so obviously Genesis is the first book of the Bible, right? So this is like the beginning of the beginning of the beginning. And Genesis 1 and 2, at this point in scripture, Genesis 1 and 2, it's walked us through the creation of the oceans, the creation of time, and essentially the order of all that we visibly see, right? Like God breathed, he spoke, he pointed, and the world came to be. And he also created mankind. And at this point, perfection is what surrounds them like sin is not present at this point in the garden right and Jesus places Adam who's the first man created and then Eve the first woman created that created that comes from the rib of Adam and she he places them in the garden and he tells them look you can roam free you are here to enjoy like enjoy this is this perfect divine unbelievable desirable beautiful place only thing that I ask you is that you don't eat from the one tree in the middle of the garden. Y'all, Adam and Eve were surrounded by pure beauty, like total perfection. And Jesus gives them this one limitation. And that's where this scene begins. We're going to start in Genesis 3. And that's where we're going to walk through Genesis 3, 1 through 13. Um, And I wanted to separate it by several different questions that Adam and Eve answer as they respond in this scene that lead to the existence of sin and the consequences of their choices. But I think it's going to be really helpful for us. Don't, I mean, don't turn this off and go, oh gosh, she's starting in the Garden of Eden. We're just going to talk about sin and pretty much how much I suck and I don't want to hear this. No, this is not what this is. What this is, is obviously this gives us such good insight that Jesus wants us to see for, hey, okay, how did this happen? What did they do that we could avoid? How can we be more aware of the choices that we're making? And so if you can, turn to Genesis 3 as you're listening. If not, then I'm going to read out the scriptures for you. So don't worry if you're like on the Stairmaster as I am usually when I'm listening to podcasts. That's great. So Genesis 3, 1 says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. Y'all, do you see what the enemy did 
Like he went after Eve's eyes. And in this scripture, obviously the serpent is representative of the devil. He went after Eve's eyes knowing women were created for beauty and highly aware of the visible. And he points out to her the only thing God told them was their limitation. He wants to take their eyes off everything that they have. He wants to remove their gratitude and and bring up their entitlement and say, but what about this? The enemy asks a question, hoping we will get confused that this thought was actually our thought. Isn't that what he does to us? That's what he does to Eve in this situation. He says, hey, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Like what he's trying to do is he's trying to go ahead and sow some doubt, sow some confusion. And so he starts to ask a question thinking, okay, when she answers it, then she'll think this thought was her own. And I think we need to recognize this. Like this is what the enemy does to us all the time. He just starts the chatter, right, in our heads. And all of a sudden we've like have a snowball and we don't even recognize that it's the enemy because we have convinced ourselves that this this is the truth for us, right? And so when we are making choices, this is the biggest and the most important question we must ask ourselves because it determines everything else. Are you ready? This is the question. Who am I listening to? Because we see that with Eve, when she started listening to the serpent, it started to affect her choices because it made her doubt what she believed. And y'all, here's the reality is that our choices are always determined by our beliefs and our beliefs are shaped by who we listen to because that's who we trust and with each of these things that I mentioned I wanted to I want to mention two different things one is what the enemy wants us to doubt about ourselves and the other thing is what the enemy wants us to doubt about God and so in this particular question with who am I listening to the enemy wants us to doubt God's presence right and doubt our discernment Because think about it, if Eve had stopped for just a moment, for just a moment, if Eve had paused and recognized who was speaking, then Satan, he would lose all validity. So what what can we learn from Eve in this particular, just one verse, Genesis 3, 1? We can learn this, is that life-giving choices can only be possible by listening to the giver of life. How do we know? How do we listen to the giver of life? Y'all, we open the word. We pray. We ask him. Like we ask him. I know that sounds so elementary. Sometimes when I say sentences on this podcast, legitimately, I'm like clear that is so common sense. But that's the problem. I think sometimes it seems so common sense and so just expected. We don't even do it. Like we don't ask God for clarity. And y'all, he desires to give us clarity. There's nothing he wants more for our lives than us walking in his will. So why would he withhold that from us? He will always help us make the right choice. Like he always wants to preserve our integrity. He always wants us to place to place us on the pathway of truth. And so we can see in this that we got to keep that question top of mind. Who am I listening to? Then Genesis 3, 2 through 5 says, Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. 
Okay, so do y'all see what's happening? Now that the enemy has Eve's ear, what does he do? He begins to plant more doubt. He's like, oh yeah, I got her now. Okay, I'm going to start just throwing some some um, sentences out there, just some doubts, and then she'll, she'll get after it on her own. My work will be done here. And how does he usually plant doubt? You know what he does? He appeals to our pride, y'all. Here's the truth. We are heavenly beings, which means that we have a craving for God. And it's how, it's how we're wired. But the enemy will take this craving and he will use it to our demise, tugging at our pride and speaking these sweet little nothings to us, making us desire control. Do you see what he does? He says that. He says, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and and evil. You know what? Immediately you go, oh, okay, I'll be like, oh, I'll have control. She's like, yes, sign me up for that. And so this brings us to the question that we answer with every decision that we ever make. This is what we have to ask ourselves. And we answer this subconsciously and consciously, not even realizing what we're doing a lot of times when we make decisions. But this is the question. Do I believe that God is truly good? Do I believe that God is truly good? Here's the thing. God had told Eve not to eat from that one tree. And she did. The enemy will always try to make us doubt our foundation so that we become fickle in our decisions. Right? He wants us. What what are the two things that he wants us to doubt? He wants us to doubt God's goodness. And he wants to doubt our trust in his goodness. If he can get us to start wavering in those two things then he, can, he really doesn't have to do much work because we start to sow it ourselves. And if we look at the decisions that we've made, you guys, we can look at um, really anything in our lives. I mean, I think about some different particular areas of struggle for me in 2020. And really, when I get to the crux of it that I hate to say, and I think it's something that we don't really like to be honest about, but did I really believe that God is good in that area? Was I worried that maybe he was going to, like, withhold from me? Did I feel like I knew better than him? I mean, it sounds so dumb when I say it out loud. But, like, yeah, sometimes we get get in these really prideful places. And and they often come off as insecurity or fear or any of that. But it really it's pride because the enemy's saying, hey, you know better than God. Don't you want to be him? And so what he does is he, he flips that and we think we have control, but it's elusive. And so we start to doubt God's goodness. A quote that I really like um, is from Benjamin Franklin. He says, sin is not hurtful because it is forbidden, but sin is forbidden because it is hurtful. Y'all, God is never withholding something good from those who love him. We are his kids. Like he desires nothing more than provision and protection for us. Okay, but the enemy doesn't have to do much work because here's the thing. He knows God is perfect, right? Even the enemy believes in God. The only tactic that he has is to distort our perspective of God. So what what do we gather from this with this question, do we believe that God is truly good? The practical help that we get from this is every decision we make determines whether we truly believe that God is good. Every decision that we make, the little ones. I mean, you made a lot of decisions to keep listening to this podcast. It's apparently, and I don't remember the study, but when I was learning about the power of choice and just kind of digging into this more, apparently we make like 35,000 decisions a day, a day. 
Okay, so you probably got to, maybe you're cleaning the house. Okay, well, you decided to clean the house or you decided to work out or whatever you're doing. Well, then you were like, okay, well, am I going to listen to music or am I going to listen to the podcast? Okay, well, if I'm going to listen to a podcast, okay, well, do I want to listen to something that's encouraging? Do I want to listen to something that's motivational? Do I want to listen to something that's funny, news, informed, whatever? Okay, I'm going to listen to Let's Be Clear. Okay, well, do I want to start doing this one? What am I going to listen? Like, do you hear, we're, we make decision after decision after decision. And a lot of times we don't realize that as we're making these decisions, we are continually answering the question, do I believe that God is truly good? And what helps us realize this, that God really is good in all things, is to reflect on his past faithfulness. Like I'm not saying there's a massive difference between rehearsing or reflecting back and gleaning what he wants us to learn and rehearsing the past and then regretting it okay that there's a huge difference one allows us to be proactive in the present one keeps us stagnant for the future so but if we can look back we can reflect on his past faithfulness and know that even when we were faithless he was who he always is right if we journal we can see that we can look at that we can see who god is for everyone in the bible we can rehearse his promises we can look at what he says in his word Does that sound like a good and loving God to you? If we look at the different things that he did for every single one of his people, even after he knew that they would betray him and and what he does for us, right? And y'all, in this scene, obviously when the enemy's getting, you know, he's saying, hey, Eve, don't you want to be like God? Just reminding you if you forgot already where you were at. In this scene, obviously the intensity and the repercussions of Adam and Eve's decisions is obvious. But many times, I don't think we even recognize the influence of our daily decisions and how they have power over us and how often we doubt God's goodness. Um, I know I mentioned this a little bit, but just in my own life, I recently actually was kind of brushing up against this question and didn't even really know it. Um, Really realizing that out of my pain, my heart was experiencing, the enemy was really after my doubt. And the other day, it was probably about a week ago, I was driving down the road and just very gently, the Lord asked me, just came out of nowhere. He said, do you think that I'm behind? And not to go too much into detail, but in this particular topic, and I just started crying because I realized that I did. That I didn't even realize that I was doubting his goodness, wondering, okay, wait, he's the maker of time. He's the giver of all good gifts. But I was fearful that he was behind and unaware of what I needed or what I wanted. And I was worried. And so that was causing me to want to take control of something that I had no control over. And so as he asked me that question, I was just reminded, okay, wait, Lord, you are good. You are the giver of time. You know what I need. You hear my desires. You know my desires. You know even what I want that I don't even know that I want. So I can trust you. Like, I can look back at my life survey and see you were always faithful. And so wherever you are, I just encourage you to do that. Like, really take inventory, y'all. It's a new year. It's so important to think about this past year, but also just about dreaming, the looking at the future, thinking about who, what our legacy. Like, we always think that a legacy is something we're going to start building when we're old, right? Like, Right when we're like 80, we're going to start building a legacy. And if you're 80 and you're listening to this, that's amazing. Okay. But what I'm saying is, is, is that starts now. 
like our moment to moment to moment decisions, that is what builds a legacy. And the enemy hates when we understand that because he knows that we become aware and we start to grab authority over our decisions and our choices. And that is when we really step into the freedom and the joy and the excitement that what of what it looks like to walk with Jesus. So anyway, so right after this, so right after we see where we are in Genesis, God knows that your eyes will be open and as soon as you eat it and you will and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Okay, so that's right after we're gonna go back into Genesis three, seven through ten. And it says at that moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly, suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I, was, I, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Y'all, honestly reading this, it's so humbling because... There's just no doubt that we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we can see ourselves in Adam and Eve. Like God knew where they were. That's what I love about this part of scripture. Like he says, where are you? Like he's God. Come on. Like he knows. But what he's saying is, is like he's not surprised, but he wanted them to realize their own shame. Because what shame does is it also reveals our conviction. And conviction reveals our intimacy. I think so many times when we have these feelings of shame and condemnation, the enemy wants us to go down that vortex and God says, hey, wait a second, go back. That feeling in your heart, that desire to hide, what you need to realize is, is that I love you where you are. And I see, I see your desires and I think you're, now you're scared because you've disappointed me. But can we take that fear and can we realize that if you feel that, that means that I'm close. That means that you know that I love you. Right, Shame is always birthed out of the truth that we know we are unconditionally loved by God who we don't deserve. And we know our choice didn't match up with the truth that we know. Which brings me to this next question we can ask ourselves, right? If God walked up to me after making this choice, whatever choice it is, would I run away or would I run to him? You're knowing that he is good. Knowing he provided what's in front of us and knowing his instruction is pure, the only reason why we would hide from him is if we feared what he would say. In other words, we often know before we even make a choice that it will either bring us freedom or it will bring us shame. And I think many times we say that we don't know, right? Because it's easier to say that we don't, let's be honest. It's easier to say that we don't know what God asks of us or we claim confusion. But when we are doing things, if we desire to hide or if we would only do them when we're alone or we're afraid if if our pastor saw it or we don't want to put it on blast or we wouldn't make that comment if we were around this person or that person, then that usually means our heart is already aware that it's not the best decision. And we see with this, what are the things that Satan wants us to doubt? The enemy wants us to doubt his grace and his strength, God's grace and God's strength to cover our shame. And through this, he also wants us to doubt our God-given identity and our freedom. Jesus came to set us free. Romans six twenty two says, But now that you have been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal 
life. Y'all, because of Jesus, we have been set free from the burden of sin that Adam and Eve felt. Like they they went, they literally got fig leaves and sewed them together. Imagine this scenario taking place and really imagine in your head. They are in the garden. They see God. He's walking up. He's, where are you? And they go, oh my gosh, oh God, we're naked. I didn't even, okay. And then they go things to make their own clothes. They were so scared and they felt so ashamed at the decision because they knew we had this perfect garden. We had this perfect life. God gave us this totally undeserved, I mean, all of it, it, everything was wonderful. And the one thing he told us not to do, this good and this loving father, we betrayed him. And they feel that deeply. And so that's why they go to hide. But y'all, with this, with Jesus being the, like him sacrifice, him taking the cross, Romans reminds us that we get to choose fruit that lasts. But we must realize that with freedom comes the opportunity to be enslaved if we don't realize who we are and who our God is. And then I think this last point is so important in regards to our decisions. So I'm going to go through the different questions we have so far, right? So who am I listening to? Do I really believe that God is good? If God walked up to me after making this choice, would I run away or would I run to him? And then this next question, this will be um, this last question, and it's really good. So hang tight. Genesis 3, 11 through 12 says, Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Yo, what we see immediately is that this shows us, Adam's response shows us that one poor choice usually leads to another poor poor choice. It is always the trickle effect, right? And this makes me think of so many of us, even with like New Year's resolutions that we set. I saw a meme actually, um, and it was like, cheers to all of you who um, decided that your healthy eating would start on Monday. You know, like January, I guess tomorrow is the fourth, right? Yes, okay, so I'm recording this on a Sunday. So literally, He's it's going. He's like, uh, okay. So you said you start January one, but you already made a bad decision. So you're just gonna put it off, put it off, and and, that, and that's what we do. I think that's a lot of times why I did a survey on Instagram because I was curious. You know, how many of you set New Year's resolutions? Are you do you walk in feeling defeated? What do you usually do your resolutions about and all that kind of stuff? And I was just overwhelmed with the amount of people that were already expecting defeat. Like they were choosing to start this journey, right, of 2021 with this goal in mind, but they were already choosing to feel hopeless about that goal or that new rhythm or whatever it is, the thing that they were taking away, whatever whatever this new year looks like. It doesn't have to be some big massive goal, but what I'm saying is, is I think we don't realize is that those little decisions that feel little in the moment are actually really big that they are what give us the fortitude to either stand firm the next day or to already feel like we're going to crash and so adam feels the shame of the decision that he made to eat the fruit and immediately place it then he has this next he makes a poor decision to then blame eve for his decision to eat right and this brings us to this question that i think is so crucial and so important in our culture and it's this am i a victim or a victor of my own decisions are we a victim to what happens to us 
or we or do we stand in victory because we have authority? And I think it's so interesting, y'all. We what we have to realize in this portion of scripture is that Jesus doesn't ask Eve first. She's the one who grabbed the fruit and handed it to Adam, but he asks Adam. I think that is so important. And we tend to get defensive and want to blame others when we know that we negated the very authority that God gave us to choose him, no matter who or what surrounds us. And I don't think it was, you know, just by happenstance that Jesus asked or that God asked Adam in this circumstance, hey, wait a second. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? He said, hey, I made you a leader. Hey, did you just make a decision to betray my trust? And Adam immediately goes, well, it was Eve's fault. It was Eve's fault, right? How often do we do that? Like we just want to place blame on our situations, situation. We want to blame our um, social media for why we're making poor decisions about our time, about our energy. We want to blame our genetics for our poor health choices. I'm not saying that all of these things can't be involved, but, but we have authority over our daily decisions. And then I think, I think it's really important to realize that the enemy wants us to doubt our authority and he wants us to doubt God's sovereignty. But y'all, this is great news when we are listening to Jesus and it's hard news when we aren't. Because choices don't happen to us. We are not victims of our lives. They happen for us. And they happen with us. And look, I know that, you know, as I say this, I'm not, I don't mean to disregard um, what the deck of cards you may have been dealt, right? And whatever you're walking through. I'm certainly not saying it's easy. And I don't pretend to know. But while we may not have chosen our starting point, Where we are now and where we go from here, that is determined by the choices that we make on how we respond to that. So we are not victims of our own decisions. We got to take up the authority that Jesus gave us. We got to start standing on the fact that that life life is a gift and we get to respond to it. Um, So I wanted to close up just with some key points before we hit the Monday prayer. I wanted to just close up with some key points that I think are important to glean from this. So if you were halfway listening to everything that I've said so far, tune in right now. Like, pause it. Get yourself together. Be able to listen. Tune in because I think these are important. So here are some truths, okay, about choices. One is life is not automatic and we are not robots. Life is a gift and we are responders. Two is that emotions are indicators of how we feel, but they are not identifiers of the right choice. Just because we feel a certain way does not mean we have to decide to go down that road. The choice that we make is determined by the voice that we trust. Y'all, it is always who we are listening to that usually leads us and ultimately determines our legacy. The next point is what we choose consistently determines who we are. Consistently over and over again every single day that is determined that is what determines who we are the next one is discontentment happens when our decisions are disassociate from the divine identity that we've been given a lot of times y'all we think this contentment comes like out of left air or it's just from a bad circumstance or whatever it is but we've seen i mean paul talks about it right that that he's chosen to be content in whatever circumstances what does that mean 
Contentment happens when our decisions align with the truth of God's word. So discontentment happens when our decisions disassociate from the God-given divine identity that we've been given. I want y'all to take that in. Okay. And then the next one is the three C's of good decisions are clarity, commitment, and consistency. Clarity, commitment, and consistency. Decide clarity. He will give you clarity. What is the right way to go? Commit to it. Decide that you are showing up, that you are saying yes to what he asks of you, and that's what you're doing. And then consistency. Decide yes today, tomorrow, and the next day. The next thing is godly choices always lead to freedom. While shame is only invited when we choose to forget God. Y'all, I don't know the choices that you're facing today. And I don't know what you have coming up from here. I don't know what your 2021 looks like. I don't know any of that. But here is what I can tell you. That what you choose today will decide what you choose tomorrow. And what you choose today and tomorrow and the day after that. These decisions will reveal your character. And your character is based on who you believe God to be. The wisest choice that we can make every single day is to communicate with the one who gives us wisdom for each day, Jesus. The wisest choice that you can make in this moment is to talk to God. Open the word. Fill your mind with truth. Let your heart find comfort in his promises Survey and stand on his constant character. And soon your choices will reflect the truth of his word. Don't wait for your feelings. Discipline yourself in deciding to sit with Jesus. It is the wisest, most wonderful, most purifying and important thing for our lives and, our, and the life to come. So I'm going to close up with a scripture from Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. It says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give to them. Okay, so every week in the devotional, there's a focus tip, which we always close up with. It's very practical. Um, And this one, this week says this, focus on choosing his ways over yours. When a decision needs to be made, which you will have many, many to make today, right after you get off this podcast, right after you finish listening, you will decide what you're going to focus your energy on next, right? Remind yourself that you have a choice and then choose him every time. No matter how appealing the other road may appear, his way is always going to win. So before I say the Monday prayer, I'm going to remind you of the questions to ask as you're making decisions. Okay, you ready? Who am I listening to? Do I believe that God is truly good? If God walked up to me after making this choice, would I run away or run to him? And then am I a victim or a victor of my own decisions? So we're going to close up with the Monday prayer. If you can, close your eyes. If not, um, then just listen in. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the gift of another Monday. I am overwhelmed by your grace with every new week that comes. Thank you for accepting me exactly as I am in this moment. While also calling me forth into the exciting future you have planned for me. Will you help me elevate you in all that I say, do, and give this week? 
energize my heart with the truth and assurance of your promises. Amplify your voice in my mind and silence the chatter that confuses me. Align my desires with your will so that I can choose the way of life. By claiming me as your own, I know that I possess the power and authority to stand on truth and reject what does not come from your hand. In my relationships, help me choose patience, faithfulness, and grace. In my finances, help me choose generosity, honesty, and trust. In my work, help me choose diligence, consistency, and integrity. Maximize my time and guide me as I prioritize you in all things. This day, this week, and this year, I am yearning to walk in the true freedom that you offer, not allowing shame or regret to keep me stagnant. You are my heavenly father, my best friend, and my fortress. Help me run to you in all moments, desperate for your embrace. In the authoritative and freeing name of Jesus, amen. Y'all, that was good for my soul. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this was a little bit longer, but honestly, y'all could have spoken for hours and just researched about the power of choice. It's every single day, every single moment we make decisions. And the beauty of being a child of God is that we have authority of those decisions. We get to base them on the truth of heaven, which lasts forever. And that we have the strength and the joy and the hope of Christ to show us what to do, where to go. And to know who we are in him. I hope this encouraged you. If it did, would you mind sharing on your stories or and tagging me or subscribing to the podcast? Um, telling your friends, whatever. Just honestly, it's so helpful um, and it means a lot to me. So it's what allows me to be here. I'm really thankful for you guys. And I hope you have the best week. As I'm going back to middle school, I'm going to end this podcast with the truth of this statement. Have a great day. The choice is yours.